Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, Acts chapter 5, but I feel like to get the context of this, we should back up and just read from the 36th verse of Acts chapter 4. Excuse me, so it says this. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. This was something that was happening in the Jerusalem church. And people were that had extra properties and such were selling them and bringing them to meet the needs of the people in the body of Christ. So it goes on now in chapter 5 to say, But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession, in other words, along with many others, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart. Now, I want you to contrast being spirit-filled or Satan-filled. He said, why has Satan filled your heart? Why has Satan filled your heart? In other words, what you're doing here, the thoughts that, that you're thinking, that you've given place to, you've succumbed to these thoughts or agendas. He said, why has Satan filled your heart? Now, let's see what happened. Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. Now, some people would get the idea that it was required that if you're going to sell property, you have to bring 100% of the proceeds to the apostles or to the church, so to speak. But I want you to notice as we keep reading, you'll see that's not the case. Verse 4, Peter goes on to say, While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold... Was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. So in other words, Peter's saying this. Look, it was your land. You didn't have to sell that land. And even after you sold the land, well, all that money was still in your possession. See, so the, the problem was not that he didn't give all the money. The problem was that he brought a portion of the money and kept part of the money back. But he came and he said, he proclaimed and was bragging that he's bringing all the money. And Peter's saying, you're lying. You're coming as, what do you think, God's not real? What do you think, the Holy Spirit doesn't know the difference? Let me tell you, there are people in the body of Christ today that treat God like he's dumb, that treat God like he doesn't know any better like he doesn't have eyes, he he doesn't see, he can't count. And they'll come, for example, they'll say they're tithing. I'm a tither, but they know they're not giving a full 10%. See, and in that same regard, we should not pretend. Now, most people don't come and brag openly about their tithe. But nonetheless, in the same way, if they just mention, oh yeah, uh, you know, and as tithers and such, but they know in their heart that they're really not giving that full 10%. See, I think we need to take notice of this and and that we need to have the fear of the Lord knowing that he is smart, he can count, he can see. And 
Ananias and Sapphira completely underestimated the reality, the the presence of God that was on the early church. And by the way, many people say they want a move of the Spirit, the power of God, revival and all that. When the Holy Spirit is present like that, oh, his power doesn't only do good things. I mean, his power can also judge rebellion and wickedness, disobedience, and in this case, the love of money and lying, deception that was happening with Ananias and Sapphira. So uh, Peter said in verse 3, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? In other words, up until that point, you hadn't done anything wrong. Why have you conceived this thing in your hearts? You have not lied to men, but to God. So see, very clearly, it wasn't that he didn't give all of the money. It was that he lied about it. That was the issue. You should not have lied. You should have said, look, I'm bringing 50%. I kept 50%. Or I'm bringing 70%. I kept 30%. But just tell the truth. So he said, you haven't lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last, or he breathed his last breath. He died. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. They didn't have all the protocols that we do today with how those things work. They just took him out and buried him. Verse 7, now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. There are no cell phones. There is no text messaging or email. There is, there is no Facebook. So she has no clue what has happened uh, in this situation. So she walks in now to the temple, to the place where Peter is. Verse 8, and Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. It seems evident that Peter knew who this couple was. In fact, he called him by name, Ananias. Why has Satan filled your heart? So these are people that are known in the Jerusalem church. And so he asked her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. So evidently, Peter knew how much the land, how much Ananias had said the land sold for. So in other words, if he sold it, let's just say for $100,000. Well, uh, but he kept back $30,000. So now he's coming and saying, hey, I sold this land for $70,000. So Peter says uh, to this lady, tell me whether you sold the land for so much and gave her the amount. She said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? You guys have agreed to lie about how much you sold the property for testing the Holy Spirit to see if he knows if he's going to say anything. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit passed the test. How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Oh, man, that's a bold statement, but watch this. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. Oh, this is heavy duty. Lying, lying, coming in and lying about what you're doing. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Great fear, not fear to run away from God, 
but afraid to not be honest, afraid to not serve him the way that they're supposed to serve him. Now, let me just tell you, God's not going around just killing people, but evidently the Holy Spirit felt like this is horrible. This is horrible. You're trying to get credit for doing something when you're lying about it. See, folks, let's not do that. Oh, Lord, forgive us where we've ever done anything like that. Put on a pretense or falsified a situation or pretended as if we did something like we were supposed to when we really didn't. Lord, forgive us and strengthen us never to do that, to do that again. Now watch this, verse 12. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them, esteemed these 12 apostles highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. In other words, there was an acceleration of salvations. Believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the street and laid them on beds and couches, watch this, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on them. Can you believe this? They, there were so many people coming to be healed that they couldn't all get to the 12 apostles. So what they would do was they would find out which way Peter would walk to the temple and which way the sun was shining so that they would know which way the shadow would be cast. And they wanted to lay their sick relative in a way that at least his shadow came by and, he, and touched them. The shadow. Can you believe this? So it says that it, uh, passing by, it said they laid him on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Verse 16, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. That seems to indicate even the ones that by faith were laid where the shadow of Peter would touch them, they are all healed. Folks, the power of God is in operation here. This is the same Holy Spirit that we have acts to. Uh, access to. Oh, may we believe in God. May we believe in the power of the Spirit. May we believe in the name of Jesus as these apostles did. Verse 17, then the high priest rose up with all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees. You remember those, the Sadducees, they were actually the high priest came from the Sadducees, not the Pharisees. So they were more in control of the leadership of the Jewish people, but they were less spiritual. They were less theologically accurate than the Pharisees were. The Pharisees were more believers in all the Bible than the Sadducees were. It says, uh, then the high priest rose up with all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles, the twelve the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But at night, oh, look at this. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. They were thrown in prison and an angel just opened the door and said, come on, go back to the temple and preach the word. Uh, and notice the angel said, go stand in the temple, told them where to go. Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Verse 21. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. 
But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. So now they think they're still in the prison in the morning. Verse 22, but when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported saying, indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. <laughs> like, hey, you arrest them. Look, they're out there preaching again. Verse 26. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people. Notice again that these religious rulers were always paying attention to the psychology of the people and what they were thinking so that they knew what they really could get away with. And it says, for they feared the people lest they should be stoned. Uh, the people were in such awe of the miracles and, and what was happening with the early church that these religious leaders were concerned that if they got on the wrong side of these apostles, that the people could end up stoning them. Verse 27, and when they had brought them, they set them, the 12 apostles, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them, saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Praise God. The doctrine that Jesus is the Messiah and that he died on the cross for their sins and has been raised from the dead and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Verse 29, but Peter and the other apostles answered. Notice Peter taking the lead again. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to the right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, the religious leaders, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Well, Jesus said, if they hated you, they, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. If they hated you, they hate me, right? So uh, they're following suit with uh, how Jesus was treated by these same religious rulers. So when these religious rulers heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one of the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered, and it came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone, for if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is from God or if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it. 
lest you even be found to fight against God. Oh, Gamaliel is giving some wise advice. Verse 40, and they agreed with him. And when they had called for the apostles, watch this, and beaten them, and beaten them. And they agreed with Gamaliel. And when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Watch this. So they, the apostles, so they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Notice it doesn't say pain. It says shame. Notice they left the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy of suffering shame for his name. Jesus, if you remember in Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Jesus despised the shame. And here the apostles are saying, we got to experience some of the shame that Jesus felt when he went to the cross and he laid his life down. We're laying our lives down for the cause of Christ. And we've experienced some shame. And they, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy, that their lives would cause people to persecute them for the name of Christ, the cause of Christ. They're rejoicing. How many believers would be rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame, persecution for the name of Jesus? Verse 42, and daily in the temple and in every house. Notice we have two levels of ministry. In the temple in Jerusalem and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Well, did that persecution stop them? No, it didn't. <laughs> in every house, they did not cease preaching and teaching. That's talking about the 12. They would go from house to house and they would preach and they would teach in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, they didn't have videos and uh, audio and all that. All of it had to be done in person. And so they were doing it. Boy, I tell you what, <laughs> as we'd say, steadily men, powerful men. So praise God. A lot of good insight there. May we learn from this. May we not lie to the Holy Spirit. May we be upfront. May we fear God too much to treat God as if he's dumb or he can't calculate and such. May we be honest. But also, in the face of persecution, may we be filled with the Spirit. May we speak the truth. May we stand strong. And may we continue to do what God has called us to do and obey God rather than men. Well, praise God. I've enjoyed chapter 5. I'll see you tomorrow. Another great chapter, Acts chapter 6. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. 
Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.